Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and I'm back again with two special guests. These ladies are the hosts of Surviving Twenties, and right now I'm sitting with Miss Bria Whitehurst and Trill Whitfield. How are y'all? We are wonderful. How are you? Man, I can't complain. I'm glad y'all were able to come sit down with me and, yes, and talk absolutely. a little bit. So uh, <clears throat> let's just start off with saying, for the people who don't know, just tell us what the show Surviving Twenties is actually about. So Surviving Twenties is a platform for 20-year-olds, by 20-year-olds, just to highlight the struggle in everyday life when you're a 20 the ups and downs but more so about like what you're overcoming what right. you learn about yourself in that transition in life from being early 20s mid 20s to late 20s right. yeah. and who, whose idea was it to actually start the whole survival 20 so um <laughs> Bri and i have been friends for a very long time so we talk about our goals and our dreams and our aspirations a lot and i would say that we're both two very we have a hustle mentality, so we're always looking and trying to figure out what we want to do next. So she actually, we were talking and she said, you know, I have this vision of writing these books. There's two different types of books I want to write. And one of them is about surviving 20s and all the things that I've been through and giving helpful tips and just helping people in their 20s, giving them a self-help book, kind of like the chicken noodle soup yeah. books that we used to read. <laughs> That's kind of what she had in mind. And I said, when she told me her plan, I said... I got goosebumps. I said, Bria, that's more than a book. That's a movement. That's a whole entire movement. That's a a, a Facebook Live. That's an Instagram page. That's a clothing line. That's a that's so much more than just a book. Absolutely. And so when I said that, I think like maybe a day or two later, she was like, I want us to do this. And I was like, us? You want us to do this? Because I'm always in her corner. Whatever she does, I'm right. I'm gonna support. But I'm like, you want me to be a part? And she was like. Yeah, I don't want to do it with nobody else but you. And that I, I was crying. I was like, are, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Like, because this is God sent. Like, I know that Absolutely. this is what we're supposed to be doing. And and I know I could tell just like watching y'all, uh watching y'all interviews and stuff, like the chemistry that y'all have. And I was gonna ask how long have y'all been knowing each other? Because just on camera, it just seems like y'all get along and everything is just like well planned and everything. Seven years now? Seven years. Yeah. 2012, 2000, yeah. Yeah. Seven years. I can tell. Yeah. Just just watching, I'm like, man, they, they got really good chemistry already. So I I really enjoy it. And uh what's what's some of the criteria actually for Survivor 20? The criteria for surviving 20s. <laughs> so you're required to be in your 20s or just getting out of your 20s. So, you know, 29, 30, 31, 32, that's fine. But you have to be in your 20s. And then you also, you have to be willing to open up. You have to be a little bit vulnerable mm-hmm. and you have to have gotten past whatever it is that you are surviving. You know, so for example, if we're doing a segment on surviving the death of a parent in your 20s. We don't want you to come true. on if your parent just passed yeah. away like a few weeks ago. We don't, right? right? Because you're still going time. through that. Mm-hmm. We want someone who has overcome that already, who has done the work, so that you can explain to people who are going through it, you know, what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, how would y'all say? How, how long have y'all been doing it? It's been a few since months October, since October. October. Yeah. How, how do y'all view the success of, of it so far? I feel like we have it was shocking to me because I felt like when we first did our premiere in October we wouldn't get a good response mm-hmm. but the response was overwhelming like more people come to us in private than they do on the actual social media platform like yeah, we get DMs and, and emails right. and like oh we love what you're doing we want you to do more but we don't get that same 
we don't get that like for uh, other people to see it. It's only yeah. in private. So I think people are kind of still getting used to the idea of being open mm-hmm. about it. And I, th- I think one of the things about doing it is like we just starting out. It's like you just have to actually start because you yeah, don't you don't yeah. know how it's gonna go. So when I started this last year, I was just like, you know, what? I'm just finally about to go all in and invest in myself and mm-hmm. do it and just see where it goes. And you know, of course, on along the way, you're gonna get different ideas and. And brainstorm different right. things, do stuff different. But I, I just been amazed where I've been traveling to and the people that I've been interacting with. So, what are some of the things that you guys have already adjusted to when you first started out? What are something that you've done differently? I think on the personal side, um, it was more self communication with us mm-hmm. and establishing healthy boundaries because we are friends first. And like before the second episode, it was like surviving twenties is counsel. Wow. <laughs> so we had to come together as we had to come together as friends and be like, okay, this is how I want to approach this matter, but this is how I also want to approach our friendship. Mm-hmm. Let's establish that boundary. So when we started, then it was just like, so this idea, okay, I got it. I know this person. So everything that we have done has just been a blessing because we've already had the resources and the tools. So mm-hmm. it's just been amazing. So yeah. what do y'all say is like the actual hardest part of doing your own show? The hardest part to me is the dedication because sometimes I don't feel like doing it. Like I just went through a lot. Like I, I was engaged and I broke my engagement off and I was devastated. It was around my birthday. I got sick, like really sick. So it was like she had to really take on everything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be dedicated. Like mentally, I was not there. Emotionally, I was not there. So I think for me, it's, it's staying dedicated and staying committed because it's like a marriage. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't just take days off. So that's that's kind of something that I'm adjusting to. I think that as well, because it's like that work life balance, mm-hmm. because it's not full time. This is something I do with my part time. However, I still have to be present. Mm-hmm. So between being a graduate school, working full time, having friends, trying to go out, but also making sure that I'm posting, I'm emailing people back. So just finding that balance. Right. And I, you said something about your uh, engagement. That, that was one of my questions. I'll was get back. It? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched <laughs> oh, the show. I watch the show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I definitely. I love to see people like our age creating good content, man. Like I always tell people now, man, we need to invest in ourselves because I want to be known as more than just a job and working for somebody else. Because at the end of the day, exactly, like because because all they're gonna do is just find somebody else to to do the same job. Exactly. So so engagement. That was definitely one of my questions that I want to ask you about. But before before we get to that. What do y'all actually want to do with the show? Like, what's the like the what's the mission? Yeah, what's the mission? So I was like, you want to take And do you and do y'all also also on top of that? Do y'all call it a podcast or is it just like an actual show? What do y'all? Surviving Twenties is a movement. It's not. I don't want to give it a label of being a podcast or a TV show. Like, if you look on our Facebook, it's a TV show, but it's also it's just a motivational platform. Now, our mission is to one support. To support people mm-hmm. that look like us, that are our age, people that are going through similar things that we're going going through, um, to inspire them. Like, so we're always posting memes, positivity, but we're also saying, okay, your life is effed up right now. It's okay, right? So we we want to support, we want to inspire, mm-hmm. and we also want to bring resources because it's hard for someone in their twenties to know that, oh, I have a drug problem, I need help. They don't know where to go. So we want to bring them that. Or if you want to, we just did an interview with a homeowner. She's 22. She she just bought her first home. A lot of people in their 20s don't know how easy it is for us to get our home. That's something that, one, the government 
the state. They don't want us to know about those resources we have that can help us own our own stuff because they want us to be stuck. Right. So we want to fight against that and bring that to the light. Bring that awareness. Yeah. What's a uh, story for each of you that from somebody that y'all already interviewed that y'all feel like kind of closely related to each one of your situations? I think we just interviewed a lady that um, felt the bar down, but she's a lawyer now. And she okay. was just saying about being perseverance and never giving up. And for me, with grad school, it was just one of those things. I wanted to drop out. I had so much going on. But she was like, don't give up. And then being an African-American woman in, you know, graduate school, you're only one. So I always feel like I have to do this for the community. And for her saying, like, I felt the same way. Don't give up. Like, it hit home in with me just knowing that I have to be that representation in the room and mm-hmm. being in the community. So what are you actually going to grad school for? So, um, and this ties in with uh, Surviving Teens as well. I'm going to school to be a counselor, but my degree is in social work. Okay. So with Surviving Twenties, I want it to be a platform where people could just be vulnerable and they could get those resources because we don't know how to cope with real life. Absolutely. And when it comes to generational, when you look at it, you know, your mother, she didn't say it or she said pray about it. Or your father turned mm-hmm. to a bottle. Mm-hmm. Or you, you're sleeping with multiple women. Or, you know, things like that are just not healthy coping mechanisms. So I wanted Surviving Twenties to be introduced as a place where you can be vulnerable. You can talk about things, but you can also talk about, look, I got this problem that I always think lowly about myself. How can I reverse my cognition? So I want to get that psychology feeling to it as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's something like I try to do as well, you know, because there's so much stuff I didn't know, and um, you know, just with college and just life in general. So when I get to talk to entrepreneurs, I always try to ask, pick their brain about advice and things they would do differently, and some mm-hmm. stuff that we should do differently. And one of the things they always say is just like. You know, just starting early and just yeah. just because you'll figure out different ways and, and figure out what you want to do in life. But you just got to start early. Yeah. But um, how, how do y'all feel like the role of college played in your life? Well, OK, so the role. Of, hold, let's hold that question for a second, because I want to answer your, your last question about okay, how what show connected with me. Because mine's different from hers. Oh, yeah. For me. It was the uh, segment, the first segment we did with Angel. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the first segment we did, and she is an alcohol counselor. She, so she's a social worker, and she's been, um, she's right now getting her certification in addiction. In addiction. So, like, alcohol, drug addiction, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That one hit more home for me because in my relationship, my significant, and I haven't said this on camera, I feel like that shit, but... He, my ex-fiance, he struggled with uh, alcohol addiction, and I was struggling with what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So she gave me a lot of tips, and, like, it really is a disease, and you have to look at it that way. It has to be handled. You can't just fuss at that person. You can't just expect them to quit cold turkey. So I, it helped me change my expectations. Right. It helped me change my expectations around addiction in general. So I would say uh, that for the last question. But you said, how did college impact each of you, because I know something else I've seen in the interview, the, the year in review, you were saying um, that, you know, I think it was your junior year that you you stopped with college because mm-hmm. so much was going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, college is like a it's tough. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's a it's a rough journey. And I, and I tell people all the time now, like, I don't know. And I, and I write about I'm working on my own book as well. And um, I tell people now, like, if I had to go back and do it again, I don't know if I would just I don't even know if I would have went to college. Cause I just okay. the the way it's set up, it's just like yeah, it's you just 
Yeah, it's yeah. like you just fall into debt. It's like congratulations, you got a piece yeah. of paper. Now I go pay this forty, fifty thousand dollars back. A, you don't even make enough to pay the payments they want you to pay. Exactly. Like, it's, it's it's sick. I'm on the other side of yeah. it because college was beneficial to me, and also it was that awareness, knowing the right resources. Because like for me, when I graduated, yes, I had debt, but I paid off six loans, mm-hmm. and I have five remaining from undergrad, and I have maybe four from graduates. So it was just knowing those connections and knowing how to play the field. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, let me say for me, did you actually know what you wanted to go to school for? Yeah. See, for me, as I didn't know what I wanted to go to school mm-hmm. for. I just felt like, and I tell people all the time, for me, I feel like we put a lot of pressure on kids to, to go, to, to, go oh, yeah. to school. Oh, yeah. Like, because we have people, you know how they have people from different colleges come to mm-hmm. the school and talk to you. And it's like, I just felt like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like, at, at the high school, you're, like, you're supposed to go to college. And it's like, no, you don't necessarily have to go to college. Like, you can go to work. And I would tell people that if you don't want to go to college, don't go because you're wasting time and money. My approach now is to, you know, at the high school, you don't have a full ride or anything like that, kind of go to work for maybe a couple, a year or two, just kind of see, like, what you want to do and then go back to school because it's just like, man, if you just go in, because I didn't figure out what I really wanted to do until, like, my senior senior year. So I was like, man, I I just wasted so much time and and money Mm -hmm. just being there. I would have just gotten gotten associates like my mama told me. So I just went to Greenville Tech, did two years, and been out. So now I have college debt, and I haven't. Even, I don't have the piece of paper that I need to make. You know, whatever they say, I'm supposed to make. But for me, not going to college didn't stop anything. I'm still doing what I wanted exactly. to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we we differ in that. You know, and I think that's a good thing. That's what gives us diversity. But it didn't stop my show. I'm still in HR, which is what I wanted to do. When I went to college. Do you, so. you think you'll go back or you think yeah, you're done? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go back. Like, what happened my last semester is I dropped out before, I dropped out after the dropout date. So, I ended up on Upstate, like, two two bands. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, two bands? <laughs> okay, I'm going to pay it one day. So, they wouldn't release my transcript until I pay it. So, I'm almost done paying it off. I owe, like, $700. I'm going to knock that out. And then... I think I'm probably just gonna go to Webster or some something online really mm-hmm. quick because I work I work second shift I'm a second shift trainer for a bank and so I'm probably just gonna do that or come to University Center take a few classes and knock it out yeah yeah I think I'm I tell people all the time I think I'm done <laughs> it's, 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 it's a wrap for me I mean yeah. that's fine like I feel like that sometimes too is just um, I'm doing I think I'm doing it more for my parents and my grandparents. If I can be honest, I don't. I did't want to start something and not finish. So, right, I, I'm a finish eventually. And see, I think that's a lot of times we feel like that's kind of pressure, mm-hmm. you know, being our age because we don't. We feel like we don't want to let our parents and grandparents yep. down. So we feel like that's what we're supposed to do. And do. you know, for them, my parents, they pay. They took out loans so I could go to college. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I definitely owed it to them to make sure I, I finished school. But when I went there, man, my no, just yeah, it wasn't that wasn't for you. So yeah. you should never, you should never do anything to make someone else happy. And I, I think I understand that, but it's like it's a part of me. I can't not finish what I started. Like right. I gotta, I have to finish it. All right, let's, now let's get back to like you said earlier about your engagement. Cause mm-hmm. I watched the show. And you said that was part of like the biggest disappointment, and that it ended last year. What? Can you talk a little bit more? Oh, you said, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my fiance and I, we, we, we had known each other. We've known each other since we were 15 and 16. We go way back. 
Um, so we tried to date then, but I wasn't supposed to be dating. So it was just right. kind of like, oh, we text when I can. We talk on the phone when I can. We see each other at football games, whatever. Um, so we kind of ended it there and we were just like, okay, if it's meant to be, it'll come back around. So nine years later, I was single. He was single. Um, the thing I would say about me and one of the reasons I'm going to counseling is I'm a fixer. I'm a problem solver. So I tend to attract wounded birds is what mm. I call it, like a man who really doesn't know how to be a man and doesn't really have much to offer in terms of stability. Um, so in my relationship, when I got in my relationship, he was actually on house arrest. Like a lot of people don't know that. My fiance was on house arrest for the first six months of our relationship. Mm. But because I knew him already, I was like, you know, I want to be, I know how it is for a black man to feel real down on himself and like you're on house arrest, which means you're around your loved ones, but you really can't go nowhere or do nothing. All right. you can do is go to work and come home and that's it. And that's what attributed to his his addiction. But I wanted to kind of be that light in his life. Like, oh, you can't go out to restaurants. I'll bring you food from that restaurant. We'll have dates at the house. I'll do whatever I can to make this next six months easy for you. So being trapped in, in the house for six months, like I was there with him every day that I could be. Mm-hmm. So when he got off of house arrest, I think we were both in a place where we should move in together because we can because now you're you're free now mm-hmm. and we can do that but it wasn't a smart decision so we jumped into that and he was just it wasn't right it was it wasn't him it was you take somebody from an environment they've been in from a year you expect you put these expectations on them that they cannot fulfill mm-hmm. when you want them to so i had unrealistic expectations he made empty promises. We made a lot of bad financial decisions and a lot of bad uh, mental and emotional decisions. And it just became very toxic. I, I began to become someone due to the resentment of promises that were made to hold up his end of the bargain and, you know, the finances and stuff. I became resentful, like angry, like you told me that you would that you would make sure I was good. Like if I lost right. it all today. You, there's nothing you couldn't pick us up you right. couldn't hold us up and I can't I can't be with I can't do that so I think in us getting engaged it was it was a band-aid solution it was like just thinking everything was yeah like out. it'll be it's fine if we get engaged he's gonna that's gonna make him get on his I don't know if I could it's gonna make him get on his stuff basically right um that's that wasn't the case so I became very resentful and I honestly became someone that I did not recognize and that's what hurts me the most like when I would look in the mirror, I'd be like, I you don't I don't know you. I'm a typically happy, goofy person, but I became this angry, mean person. Mm-hmm. Like I was just look at him in his sleep and be like, I just don't like you. Mm-hmm. And I don't I'm not happy when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> right? That is kind of yeah, scary. Like scared. she gonna kill me in my sleep. No. But it he would do so much. He would try so hard, but it it almost became like a I was a mother and he was a child, so there was no affection. It's like you're my, and that sounds so insulting, right? And I'm not trying to but say that's, insulting, that's, that's but reality. it felt like I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of everything. Don't, I don't want to kiss you. I don't want to hold so, your hand. So, is he kind of like in a good space now, or do you know, like, or is it just just cut it all off completely? Um, we text every now and then, but when a person is in denial about their status, they they they're not going to change it because they yeah. don't see anything wrong with it, and that was my issue. And it's funny that you said it because one of my favorite albums from last year was uh, Royce the Five Nine Book of Ryan, and he was talking about addiction and mm-hmm. his father had an addiction and how he just became abusive and and how it kind of like affected him. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, effect did it have on you to 
like mentally. It just made me, like I said, made me a different person. It made me a very evil person. Like mm-hmm. it was to the point where, and I'm a victim of domestic violence, but I began to want to be physical because I couldn't express myself no other way. It was just anger. And all I saw was red. So it, it really, I was very miserable. Mm-hmm. That was the effect it had on me. So, I was miserable. So, Bri, you said you were going to be a counselor, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of stuff do you tell her in her she situation? More so, we do reflective communication. So mm-hmm. I may ask her a question mm-hmm. about, like, so what do you tolerate? Because I think sometimes it's, in nothing against Trina, but in general, it's always this person and that person, but it's like, what do you tolerate? Is that what you tolerate? So we do more reflective um, communication, and I just listen. Mm-hmm. Because I've learned in, with being her life partner as a friend, not but as her life partner, Tree has taught me to listen. Right. And as a therapist, as a counselor, people think I'm supposed to give advice. No, I just need for you to listen to what you're saying. And I might add my little two cents and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say I have really great friends and that's important. You have to surround yourself with good people. When I say that, it's like you have friends sometimes where you go to them and you tell them about your significant other. They're like, girl, you need to leave him. Uh-uh. Cut it off. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not no. that easy. No. I have friends and Briz my main confidant and she just listens. She doesn't judge me. She doesn't say, girl, you stupid for dealing with that. Why are you still dealing? I've never once heard that come out of her mouth. As bad as she may, like in the in the pit of her heart, being my big sister, want to say, Tria, I want to I want you to come out of it. She has never said that to me. And I appreciate that. Do y'all feel pressure to to get, for relationship while do y'all feel pressure to get married and, and have kids? Pressure. So the timeline. The timeline. We talked about that, right? Yeah, we talked about the timeline on Surviving 20. As of this moment, nope, I don't. Um, I've learned, because I went to therapy as well, is that when when you want to be in a relationship, review the relationships that you're already in mm-hmm. with your friends, your family. So if you're so focused on, well, I want this type of man, I want that, I want him to be loyal, X, Y, and Z, are you that person? Are you that person to your friends? Are you that person to your mama when they need you? So if not, it just brought revelation to me that I need to work on me. Mm-hmm. I can't expect a husband or a significant other right now if I'm not dependable. Right. If I'm not communicating. So for me, no. Um, For me, <laughs> I think I'm the type of person I have to make mistakes physically in order to learn from them. So my engagement has taught me that I do not want to be married. I am not ready to be married to anyone I have to work on myself I'm going to therapy soon actually next week and I'm, I'm really hoping that it will open up some doors and help me know more about myself but I'm in no hurry to get married or have kids but I that's want that one day I yeah, want it one day, day. and that, that's I, I want to know about therapy because that was in my notes again about therapy <laughs> because uh, me and my uh, my girlfriend my, my queen I love her and and I put us in a really tough situation, man, because a lot of stuff I look back on, man, I, I was foul. Like, mm-hmm. I did a lot of foul stuff, but she just hung around and she forgave me. And uh, actually, we're talking about setting up therapy. Uh, actually, I want to make some calls tomorrow to set up therapy to kind of like help help fix our relationship because it, man, I did a lot of stuff that uh that hurt her. Go to your therapist. Yeah. She's good. So I, I was going to ask, like, what, what does therapy do for you? Therapy is just a mirror just a reflection and the beautiful 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 thing about it i'm sorry i can't get it out <laughs> is that when you go you set the expectation of what right. you want to talk about 
mm-hmm. and then it goes from there, and you'll get homework, but it's all up to you to change, mm-hmm. possibly. And because because that's what I said, man. For me, you know, we we had our heart to heart, and she she broke down crying, and and uh, and I, I said like senior year, man, I had a, a child by another female, and then she was in mm-hmm. up getting pregnant at the same time, so. So when she found out about it, man, it, it broke her heart. But you know, yeah. we we tried to fix it, and we we never we never really went to therapy. We mm-hmm. we always, you know, for me, I always felt like I was just trying to put it in the back of my mind. Get over like, it, yeah, just trying to get over it. You know, yeah. it, it still hurt her. And now we got to a point now was like, man, you know what? For me, I just felt like you know I'm tired of like holding all this in. I feel like I need somebody to talk to for us to kind of help build our relationship and get to where we are. Because I was like, man, I just got got to a point where it's like it's not worth running around and losing yeah. what you have because I have two girls by her and I was like I don't want my daughters to yeah. to see what I'm how I'm running around like hey. I was like that's not the move so I was just like man let, let me go ahead because I want to be <clears throat> and plus like me and her talked about maybe made me look crazy when I sit down and talk to all these people and share stories and then I'm going around run, living a different yeah. life like it's like man, it's, like I, I was the same. I felt the same way. Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, man, let me, let me, let me be a reflection of what I want to see and help helping people out. So I was like, man, let me just change this. So we're, we're definitely going to therapy because I think it's something much needed. But it, it just feels like when you go to therapy, you tell people you're going to therapy, they automatically think yeah. something wrong, yeah. like yeah. mentally. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. is that? I yeah. don't understand that. It's that community. all of love syndrome where oh something had happened, oh someone died. You know, you're crazy. I literally told yeah. my mom I was going to therapy, and she told me, "You know who the real therapist is, right?" Yeah. God, and mm-hmm. it's cultural. It's and I said, "Well, maybe God is sending me a therapist right. to help me. Maybe that's mm-hmm. God sent." Like, I, it's a, it, yeah. it's a especially with our people in yes. our community. You know, yes. our people, yeah. we we just start. It's like go crazy, talk to uncle, and it's like no, I need someone that does not know me. Yeah, you know, so an expert. But I think one thing Bria told me about therapy is you have to be willing to be vulnerable. So when right. you all do go to therapy, you have to be willing to be vulnerable and open up and revisit some stuff. Mm-hmm. And you may yeah. reopen some old wounds. Yeah. You have to be ready for that. Yeah, and I feel like I'm at that point now because I look, I mean, it's it's not worth it, man. Let me just I'm just clean. I came out straight up honest about stuff, and yeah, it hurt to hear it, but yeah, but like you have it. to do. How many people wants to be honest? Truly honest about themselves. Completely honest. Nobody. That's scary. Most of us don't even know ourselves. We're living in a time where we're just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And so things are piling up. They're piling up. Until one instance, it could be a glass break and you're crying or you're punching a wall and you don't know why. It's because you haven't honored your feelings. Mm -hmm. You haven't honored that trauma that has been through or someone that broke your heart. Now you're breaking other people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And then holding holding that stuff in for so long, and like you said, just it can be that one one little small thing can just make you just snap. Yeah. And then and it's and it's crazy. I think we all have to be aware of that too. Yeah. Like as a friend, as a daughter, as a significant other, that people have their own story and their own mm-hmm. life that is separate from you. But when brought into a situation, you have to be able to really connect with that person yeah. and figure out what they're going through to understand them. Like we put these expectations on another person like, oh, you're my friend, so you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to feel this way. When we when you do something wrong, you're supposed to come to me and tell yeah. me. And those are unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. that you're putting on someone. If you stop putting expectations on people, you won't be as disappointed. Absolutely. What, and that's something I'm working with every day. <laughs> what do y'all think y'all would do differently? Um from everything that you know now from just being in 
being in mid twenties and in, in school and everything. What do you think if you could go back, let's say maybe till after high school, seven, eight years back, what do you think you'd do differently now that you since you know some of the things you've done now? I would have loved myself more. I don't get no more crap. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes you deal with that timeline of, oh, I'm going to college, I'm going to find love, I'm going to get married, I'm going to get the job. And it's like, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm still holding, like she said, those expectations of who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to look as a female, especially as a black female, you know, just having all these false expectations of everything and just figuring out what do I truly like? What am yep. I going to tolerate? Is this what I want to do? Is this the person that I want to be? I work with you. So I always hone in on who do you want to be when you grow up? Not what you want to become, but what's the person? What's the character like? Right. So that's, I think, if I had to do it all over again, I would have thought about my character. Who do I want to become? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um, But I would have taken college, I would have taken it more serious. I would have been less invested in trying to be with somebody and less distracted by trying to be with somebody and I would have definitely been more serious about college for sure and then um I would have been more okay with being alone because now I'm at this point in my life where I'm up and down with being alone and if you can't be alone and you can't learn what makes you happy by yourself no one can ever make you happy so I would learn how to be happy and I would learn more about myself so that I can be happy on my own just a few more questions and then we'll wrap up across the line podcast um was there anybody that y'all were afraid to let down? No. Yeah, I don't care. No. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I, don't, I mean, I guess I would say my siblings. I have uh, three younger siblings. My sister's 15. My brother is 21. I also have a sister that's 21. Um, them, because they, they look up to me. And um, there are things that have happened that I, I didn't that I didn't, I wasn't my best self and I did not give off the right message. So that's, those are the only people I care about this point. When do y'all feel like you, you, or man, I, I, this, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, feel like you might have to feel like you feel like you need to have everything figured out in life. Is there a, are we asking like what age? Do we yeah. Like, like an age or at what point, whatever, however you want to answer. Bree's pretty old. So, Oh, hush. um, it's funny because in therapy, I was telling my therapist that I had graduation blues. So I graduate um, May of this year, and I just felt like I was the like I have to start over again. You mean I gotta find another job again? Yeah. I have to do all that. And what I learned is you'll never be the person that's like okay, I've reached my limit. <clears throat> so I don't think I'll ever be ready because I'm always developing. I'm always <clears throat> going through adversities, so I'm always becoming. So there's no certain age. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, a couple more, and then we'll wrap it up. New Year's resolution for both of you, since this is a new year. I don't believe in resolution. Um, I want to work harder at being a better sister. And like I said, I'm going to therapy to get to know myself more so that I can break some of the habits and why I end up with the type of men that I end up with. And um, it's always a resolution for me to get on the health kit and stay on it. So. Right. And do y'all have a <laughs> ultimate goal which y'all want to accomplish? Um, with surviving twins or just in general? In general. In general, uh, finish school. Um, I would love to own a home in the next year and a half. 
And, you know, just get surviving 20s popping off because I'm tired of working. But more importantly, it's the mission. It's important. And we have so many goals for surviving 20s and things that we want to do and what we want it to become. So, yeah. Because I really like it, man. I enjoy it. That's why I... When I feel I'm riding my car, whatever, I always try to make sure I'm tuning in. Oh, we have I, a fan. Oh, oh, yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> like, I love to see, like, dope content, man. And I always tell people that. I love to see people doing something positive and trying to make a change. So, Survivor Twins, can we expect this to be, like, long-term? Like, it's in it for the long run. That's yeah. the goal. That's one of our goals, actually, is to try to have, like, tours where we're going to universities and talking to those first, especially those first-generational kids. Who don't know anything about school they don't have any support we want to be there so that's mm-hmm. what we want to do yeah 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 we have so much we have that like you know how in at upstate we did what was that class college 101 yeah college 101. that first year we, yeah, we would love for surviving 20s to, be, to go in yeah, yeah to do that and have contracts with the colleges and we're doing a panel mm-hmm. soon so we want that to be something we do often networking events we want to do i want to do like a 90s theme networking event where if you have a business or you have your podcast you can come out and we can just network network with each other and show that in our 20s we aren't worthless like Mm -hmm. we are out here grinding we out here getting it and we are so undervalued in just in the world so yeah yeah. one more thing i thought about before um before before i let you give out your social media i know when you're posting your content and you and you uh, uh shouting out people who who doing positive things like graduating and everything. I did see. Well, I, I don't know who did it, but oh, <clears throat> one of you said, "Please, if you please, do not try to slide into the DMs on Survivor Twenties." I, I can't oh remember who did God. it. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> hey, me? No, this is about business work. Okay. So so, yeah. so no slide into the deal. Yeah, I, I, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I gotta, I made sure Come I dropped that note no. down. Come on now. All right. Well, I appreciate y'all, ladies. I, I really enjoyed. Before we get out of here, can y'all give everybody your social media? Yeah. So on Facebook, we are at surviving, surviving without the G, um, twenties two zero in the lowercase s, surviving 20s. And you'll see our logo. We just actually came out with our logo. So it'll be the S20s in the middle with a circle and it says surviving 20s. But we also have a private group, um, a yes. discussion board that you can join too. So you can look both of those up. And then the Instagram, I have to look it up. Bria yeah, Instagram is a social media queen. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the same. You made the same? Yeah. You're so same. smart. It's the same. No, it, does, no, it doesn't have an S on the end. So it's surviving, uh, surviving 20s, 20s without the S. Okay. Oh yeah, and uh, in our giveaway. Don't yeah, I was gonna say give. Giveaway. Don't forget about the giveaway. I was gonna yeah. make sure. Yeah, so we have this giveaway going, and it's just as a means to like get our name out there more, but also connect with our fans and our supporters and give stuff back. So we're um we're coming up with two survival kits because the question we always ask on our show is what's in your survival kit. So we're gonna do a, a self care survival kit, which will probably be like a massage. Y'all need to join this, get in this, uh, get in on this giveaway. This is gonna be like a massage, uh, massage, a massage. You know, maybe gas some moving tickets, gas cards, um, Walmart. Like we're doing a lot of stuff like that, and then it'll also we'll have some merchandise, some Survivor Twenties merchandise in there. So that please make sure that you're doing the giveaway. It's until the last day of January. We'll pick the winner on live that following show. And we're looking for two winners. You have to share our um, logo and you have to hashtag surviving giveaway. And make sure that you're following us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to follow. follow. Yeah. You're not getting nothing. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. Well, I appreciate you, ladies, again. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Anytime y'all want to come by again, yeah, make sure y'all stop yeah. by. So we every, can interview together. Like, you can interview them and we can interview them at the same time. We can make oh, this like a absolutely, man. surviving, surviving um, across the line. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I really enjoy it. Cause it. And it's all about positivity and doing something to help other people out. Y'all got anything else y'all wanted to? Oh, yeah. Let's ask you. What's in your survival kit? These days, what's in your survival kit? Uh, just being honest. Being honest? Yeah, honesty is the key, man, for me. You know, it's with everything that I'm doing now. I just, mm-hmm. I just have to be honest, man. Because like I said, I just got tired of, like, keeping secrets and holding yeah, everything in. And, and just holding myself accountable. Like I said, I'm a father of three now. So it's just like I hold myself. I got to hold myself accountable because I don't want them to see how I just messed up and and I always ran away from my situations and, and not coming clean. I, I just want them to see a, a great dad and was always working hard. And I want them to see how I invested in myself. And, and I, I want them to know that it's don't settle for anything. Because a lot of times nowadays we'll say, well, I'm making these sacrifices for my kids. So I'm not doing all that. So, But my mentality was... If I settle and stay at this job, I feel like I'm being selfish because if I stay here, mm-hmm. that shows them that it's okay to yeah. settle for a job mm-hmm. and just to stay somewhere and be safe and, and to not go after your dreams. So I just want to hold myself accountable and uh, and just show my kids, you know, be be accountable, be respectable. Uh, money, manners are taking places money won't. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm True. just all about just being positive and helping other people along the way. Awesome. Yep. I love that. That's awesome. So, what else are you surviving? This is my last question. We don't go. Um, what else are you surviving? So, you talked us a little bit about your relationship status and how you're going to go to counseling. So, you're surviving, mm-hmm. rebuilding your relationship, the podcast, of course, which yep. is popping. What else are you surviving? Student loans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the main all? one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, well, I, I kind of got Sally May off my back um, <laughs> in a way. My story is crazy. I talk a lot about it. I'm detailing a lot of stuff in my book. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of the things I did was, uh, like, I was actually working at a radio station in Greenville, Intercom Radio, working part time. And, uh, I was there and still at Costco. But at the time, I had to, uh, when my salary made student loan kicked in, I was paying $500 a month. So I was like, how in the world can I pay? Five hundred dollars a month and take care of my kids and, and they they wouldn't they was like I'm sorry but whatever your payment is set up is that's what you have to pay so I ended up having to leave the radio station get another full time job just to pay just to pay, just yeah, to pay them yep so so I finally got to a point where I got it reconsolidated through the bank and it made everything like mm-hmm. more manageable. yeah more, more manageable so that's definitely the biggest thing is student loans because I'm still. Yeah, you, we gotta have you on the show to talk about yeah. student loans for sure. Yeah. We'll set something up. Yeah, I just, I, I, and I, that's why I, I hate saying it. I was like, I don't want to tell people not to go to college because I think it's a great thing for yeah. everybody. You need to get your education, but you just need to know what you're right going way. for, yeah, man. For sure. know the difference. A lot of people just, loans. oh, you giving me money? Yeah. Oh, let me just sign off. I need the money and yeah. don't even. Think and, I, and I, and I thought it was just cool, like beginning of the semester when you go to school and they give you this. The, the refund check, check. I feel like it's tax season. I'm ready. Bad. I'm just and ready to ball out. Mine. Yeah. I every refund check, threw it back out. Yeah, see, I and I see. I didn't know, it, man. I was just like, man. I'm just living in the moment. Yeah. So let me. Yeah. It's hard. It's tempting it not to spend that money. Yeah. And it's weird. You know, what's weird was the little bit of money, a couple thousand dollars, I would get back. 
I can make that stretch for like the whole semester. Oh, yeah. A lot of people did yeah. depend on their refund check. But now I can't even. What that's going to do for circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, I can't even make. And that $2,000, you got to pay them $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. Good grief. Well, yeah, I always tell them y'all kids know the difference between because it's two cycle loans. It's one that approved interest while you're in school and the one that doesn't. So the one that approved interest minimizes that. Don't take right. as much out. The other one maximizes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get that refund check. When graduate, pay it back. Yeah, my I would I would say, man, if you can get a full ride. That too. That because yeah. you I, you don't like, want to. You're supposed to do in college is not that hard to get a full ride. Like it you play a sport or you're really good academically. Yeah. I lost my life scholarship my okay. junior year just from Yes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that could have been less money I'm paying back to student loans. Yeah, so that, that's that's like really the hardest part. And I'm I'm talking about a lot of this stuff in, in my book, man. I, I can't wait to. <laughs> I don't I don't know when it's coming out yet. That's what's gonna last. When's it coming out? I have no clue. You just writing it's like a passion project. So it just what yeah. happened was I actually once I got my loans situated and I was working two jobs, I quit one of them, and, and that same day I went back home. I just started writing, yeah. and I got I got like I had. I hear that's therapy. Yeah. Right, it is. Yeah, it is, man. Because like when I look at my story, I'm like, man, I've been through a lot already. Mm-hmm. Don't even realize it. That's the surviving point. Yeah. That's the point. People <laughs> don't even realize how much they've been through and how it's affecting mm-hmm. them. You're just going through the motions. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So I was like, this, this, I, I feel like I definitely need to put this book out because it's gonna help a lot of people yeah. like, who went to school who may not have felt like yeah. it was worth it. And who thinking about going to school is going to touch a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So that, that's definitely one one of the things. I, I have maybe, I want to say 10 chapters. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. But I still need to get somebody to go revise yeah. Yeah, it. And all this it. Yeah, it's going to be edited a good 10 times before you release really it. Just my mindset is, I, I feel like it's a, a New York Times bestseller. That's, that's, yeah, how, that's, how, how, that's, that's how I, that's how how I look at it. Say, and yeah. it is, and we better get that exclusive yeah. interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got y'all for the interview. Book club. All right. Book club. Yeah, book club. <laughs> yeah, I got you, no doubt. Well, and thank book. you, Carlos, for answering our questions and having us here. That was like, it? That's, that was easy. Yeah, that was that was it for, for yeah. us. Like, we, you know, we don't have to do, like, a whole thing. We're going to have you come back yeah, on and okay. talk specifically about surviving these student loans. And, you know, maybe we can have you and your girl come on when she go through therapy and talk about how y'all overcame it. Yeah, I'm open to it. As long as she open to it, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. So yeah. I hope hope everybody enjoyed this interview from Surviving Twins to Cross mm-hmm. the Line. Remember, stay out the DMs. No sliding stay in the DMs. Stay out the DMs, Exactly. You can DM me personally, though, if you got your stuff together. I'm right. single. Okay, shoot your shot, fellas. But until next time, keep chasing dreams. This is the Cross Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.